You're listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit IlliniLife.org. Good morning, Illini Life. I love working with these people. This has been a riot. Uh, Good morning. It has been good to see people back on campus I don't know if you have been around. It has been a ghost town since March. And and frankly, it's kind of eerie when there aren't people on this campus. It's strange when it's empty. So I'm glad to see smiling faces out on the streets and walking around campus again. Now, I know some of you, you've you've chosen to stay home this semester. Your classes are online, and, and that makes sense. And we hope that doing our services live stream online, having online small groups, we hope they can serve you. That you can have a chance to still stay engaged and be a part of our community, even though you're not geographically here. For those of you that are in town, we hope you had a chance to gather with your small group to watch this, or maybe some roommates, uh, that you're doing this together with someone. As we continue through this pandemic, being together but separate, that will be typical for us. It already has been since March, hasn't it? Especially here on Sundays in Illini Life, what was once normal is really not an option for us. In fact, for much of our lives, little can be described as normal anymore, can it? Much of the ways we've interacted or lived in the past, they're just, they're not possible. We interact with people at a distance, six feet apart, which feels far too far for uh, personal interaction. We talk through masks, or maybe like this morning, you're engaging through a screen. That's our norm. And in the church, we've, we've had to overcome these things as well. Much of the ways that we have done ministry for decades, we've had to rethink. We can't gather as a large group. We can't sing together. We have to keep learning the new restrictions and, and what it means to have a small group that needs to be really small and needs to be safe. We want to be safe and keep everyone healthy as we work through this pandemic. We hope you'll, you'll do that with us. Life today is full of barriers, barriers we have to navigate. There's roadblocks that cause us to have to figure out another way to accomplish our mission, to lead people to Christ, to nurture them to spiritual maturity, equip them for ministry, and inspire them to a lifetime of service, service in the church and to Jesus Christ. Here in Illini Life, we have been working consistently since March to overcome these barriers and find new ways to connect because we believe it's worth it. We believe that connecting to you and to Jesus is the key to true life, what we're meant for. He is the one that can make us whole again. He is the one that can heal us. He is the one that can bring us back to God. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. That's our message. Jesus is the one that can heal and forgive. So by faith, we ourselves go to him and we point others to him. By faith, we approach Jesus for what we desperately need in our lives, forgiveness and healing. By faith, we provide opportunities for others to encounter Jesus and have the same experience we have, forgiveness and healing. You know, as I've been thinking about this school year and preparing for for our preaching series and our sermons, I've been reading the Gospel of Luke a lot. And this past week, as I was doing that, a story jumped out to me. It caught me. 
It really illustrates this point that I was just try- I'm trying to make. So I want us to take a look at that this morning together. Let's, let's turn in our Bibles, if you have one, to Luke chapter 5. That's where we're going to spend our time. Now some background. This, this story, it comes very early on in Jesus' public ministry. Luke, he tells us so far in, in the gospel uh, that Jesus has gone to the local house of worship, the synagogue in Nazareth, his hometown. He's opened the scroll of Isaiah. And he said, I am the anointed one, the one that will preach the good news to the poor, proclaim freedom to prisoners, and give sight to the blind. I will heal. He says, I'm the one Isaiah spoke of. And the people in his hometown, they don't know what to do with him. They don't know what to do with that. So actually, he heads down the road to Capernaum, a a nearby city, and that's where we pick up. Here he's been casting out demons, he's healing a bunch of people, and he calls his first disciples, Simon Peter and James and John. He goes on, he heals a man with leprosy, a man who is untouchable in the society, and he does so in a compassionate way. He touches the man, and he heals him. It's compassion. And by this point, the news is getting out about this man. People are starting to get word of this this healer, this teacher, and crowds are starting to form around Jesus. We pick up our story. He's in a house in Capernaum. It's likely, we believe, Simon Peter's house. That's our best guess. Let's turn to our passage. This is Luke chapter 5. We're going to pick up in verse 15. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up onto the roof to let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. This is quite the crowd. Definitely not COVID legit, right? Like, this is too many people in one place. The house is completely packed, standing room only, people spilling out the doors. Everyone from the religious elite to a paralyzed man and his friends are there. Everyone trying to hear from Jesus trying to get to him, to encounter him. News has traveled far and wide. He is a healer. He is a teacher. And the religious leaders, they've taken notice. They've come to see for themselves. Could this be the one? Could this be Messiah, the one Isaiah wrote about? Is it him? See, these crowds, they pose a barrier. They pose a barrier for our paralyzed man and his friends. How are they to get their friend to Jesus to be healed if they can't even get in the door? They're filled filled with a faith, a faith that is persistent, and they start to think outside the box. They carry their friend up to the roof, and they start removing tiles to put a hole through the roof to lower their friend down to Jesus. They can't get in through the door, so they go to the roof. And they tear it off. They rip the roof of the house off to get their friend to Jesus. When faced with a barrier preventing them from encountering Jesus, they found a way to overcome it. That's 
what we do. We overcome barriers. The door is blocked. Let's go through the roof. That's their thinking. You know, in our lives, we all, all of us, we encounter barriers in our lives and in our faith, things that hold us back from Jesus, things that distract us. You know, there's there's baggage in our life. There's past baggage. There's wounds. There's there's hurdles we have to overcome. I don't I don't know what it is for you. You know, maybe maybe you were hurt by the church or Christians in the past, and it made engaging it's it's made engaging in church really difficult. If that's you, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Maybe you grew up with a religious dogma that felt more like rules and legalism and less about loving God and loving others. And so anytime you, you get a, a scent of a, something sounding religious or feeling religious, you know, it, it feels like restrictions rather than life and freedom. If that's, if that's you, I'm, I'm so sorry. Or... Or maybe, maybe it's doubts. Maybe there's just things you can't get past, questions you have, hurdles you can't overcome intellectually as you, as you consider drawing near to Jesus. That's, that's you. I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but the, sometimes the barriers in our lives, they're, they're maybe less obvious. They're, they're a little bit more like indifference, you know, saying things like, well, I'll figure faith out later in life. I got plenty of time, right? I'm young. I'm going to live it up right now. Or, or it's filling our lives so busy that, that we say things like, well, I'll start attending small group in church next semester. And things are just so busy right now. My course will be easier later. I'll, I'll put that on hold. Or they're, they're just misconceptions, misunderstandings of what it means, what it means to follow Jesus. And you might, we might think that we have to act a certain way or think a certain way or talk a certain way or look a certain way. It's just not true. We can come to Jesus as we are. He asks us to, invite you to. I wonder what the barriers are for you. What's between you and Jesus? What are the barriers you need to overcome? Whatever it is for you. And we all have barriers in our lives, even me. I hope you'll find a way over it. I hope you'll find a way past it. In our passage, it was a crowd. It was a crowd of people that this paralyzed man, he couldn't get access to Jesus. And his friends, they believed so strongly that Jesus could help him that they went above and beyond. Literally above and beyond to get him to Jesus. Let's let's turn back to our passage. Let's continue on and see what happens. In these next verses, we're going to see that Jesus has the power to totally transform us. And he does it. Let's read. We're we're picking back up in verse 20. And when he saw their faith, referring to the the men lowering the, the paralyzed man down, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees, they began to question, saying, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. 
He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. Amen. Extraordinary things. I, I would say so. Jesus saw the faith of these friends and this paralyzed man. And he heals the man. He heals him completely, both physically and spiritually. He heals him. He forgives his sins, restoring him to right relationship with God. And ultimately, he goes on to heal his body. He heals him, and he can walk again. I mean, think about it with me. One moment, this man is being lowered down through the roof, unable to move. The next moment, he's walking home, glorifying God. Jesus transformed his life. There's no other way to describe it. Completely transformed. And that transformation, it wasn't just about the physical, though, was it? No, Jesus starts with transforming him spiritually. He forgives his sins. He's been forgiven. He's no longer an enemy of God. He's a friend of God. He's been brought near to God. Jesus has set him right before a holy God. Not because of anything he did, right? No, it's, it's because he and his friends had faith that Jesus was the answer to what this guy needed in his life. They didn't have it all figured out. They didn't have to know precisely who Jesus was and, and have the right theological statement and their, their ducks in a row. No, they knew their friend was in need and they had faith that Jesus could meet that need. It's as simple as it was. That's what their faith was. In fact, they didn't, they didn't even fully understand his need, did they? They didn't understand, understood it in part. Jesus, though, he understood it in full. And he forgives his sins and heals his body. Which raises the question, where in your life do you need to encounter Jesus and be healed? Have you drawn near to Jesus in faith and been forgiven your sins? Have you been healed spiritually? Have you brought your needs before Jesus in faith, asking him to meet them? If not, what's holding you back? What would it take? Jesus has the power to transform your life. All you need to do is draw near to him in prayer. Have faith, draw near and ask. Well, so at the heart of this passage, there's this controversy between Jesus saying the man's sins are forgiven and the religious elite saying that such a statement is blasphemy, right? Who is this blaspheming? individual. Only God can forgive sins. You know, this starts the clash of, of Jesus and the religious elite that goes on throughout the Gospel of Luke. Jesus, though, he understands their hearts. He understands their doubts, and he confronts them head on. 
he acknowledges that, that it's easy enough to say your sins are forgiven because that's an invisible change. No one can see that. Only God really knows if that happened. He says the much harder thing, right? That's, that's to heal the man physically, to change him physically before their eyes. And he does it. The second act, the act of healing him physically, shows he has the authority to forgive his sins, that he has the power to heal him spiritually. Jesus has the power to transform our lives. The key to that transformation is faith. Faith is the key in this passage. Faith motivated these men to bring their friend to Jesus. Their faith is seen by Jesus, and he transforms the guy's life. Faith was, it was more than an intellectual pursuit, right? It wasn't just like they had the right knowledge. No, their faith, it had intent. It drove them to get near to Jesus, to overcome. They believed he could help, and they went to great lengths to get that help. So it is with us. Faith is the key for us. Faith with intent, faith that drives us, faith that moves us. Faith within us is active. It moves us. It drives us to draw near to the one that has transformed us and to bring others to come and experience the same. Jesus has the power to heal and forgive us. So by faith, we follow him and invite others to join us. If you've encountered Jesus and have been transformed, you can't help but be filled with with awe and amazement, just like we saw in our passage. He has freed us from our bondage to sin, from our addictions, and from death. He has forgiven our sins and restored us to God. I know this because he did it for me. More than 25 years ago, Jesus broke through my isolation and loneliness and made me a friend of God. He began to heal the wounds of my parents' divorce and the ways that that I had turned inward and cut the world off to cope. He brought the community of the church and healing into my life in ways I didn't even know I needed. As a freshman in high school, I couldn't even imagine that this is what my life would be like now. Jesus transformed my life. More than 25 years ago, a confused, lonely kid met Jesus and was transformed forever. And that happened because my friend Justin acted in faith and invited me to church. He ripped the roof off to get me to Jesus with an invitation to church. That's all it takes. And we have the opportunity to do the same for others today and every day. Jesus has the power and authority to heal our brokenness and forgive our sins. To make us right with God, we only need to act in faith and approach him. I know he can do this because he did it in my life. He did it for the man in our story, the paralyzed man. Has he done it for you? I hope so. Come talk with us if he hasn't. Here in Align Life, 
those of us that know this transformational power of Jesus still stand in awe and amazement of the work he's done in our lives, in us, and in others. Out of that amazement, we act in faith to rip the roof off and bring others to Jesus to experience the same in their lives. Everything we do here is to peel back the roof and give others a chance to encounter Jesus. In small groups, we study the Bible weekly to see what God has revealed about himself and how the whole story points back to Jesus. On Sunday mornings, we are preaching the Bible to experience Jesus and learn more about him as we apply his teachings to our lives. Regularly, we do intentional and relational outreach to build friendships with others so that they can see the transformative work of Jesus in our lives and be invited to experience the same themselves. Everything we do in this church is about bringing us and those around us near to Jesus so they can be healed and forgiven. I hope you'll join us in that mission. Will you pray with me?